0: Hello, and thank you for listening to the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church located in Lexington, South Carolina. My name is David Sons, and I serve as the family and discipleship pastor here at the church, as well as the host of this podcast. Our hope is that this podcast would be a resource for our members who are seeking to live out their faith in Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. We want to use this platform to exalt Jesus and equip the members of Lake Murray to be the church where they live, work, and play. Thanks for joining us here for episode one. My guest today is our lead pastor, Josh Powell. Josh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Josh, excited to get the opportunity to talk with you today. Uh, Obviously, we're beginning this podcast in a really uncertain time in the life of our church and in the life of our country with the spread of the global pandemic, COVID-19. Obviously, it's requiring our church and many other churches around our country to do some uh, interesting uh, things in light of uh, the COVID-19 and the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, One of the things that we kind of keep hearing in the news and around the world is the word unprecedented when it comes to talking about uh, COVID-19. Now, one of the things I don't know uh, if our listeners know this about you, besides being our pastor, you're also a little bit of a historian. You're working on your PhD in church history at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And so, is this an unprecedented time in church history? Have we seen something like this happen before?
1: Yeah, I was actually asked that question several times this week. I was in a meeting with a group of pastors, and we were talking. and And one of them said, "Josh, is there anything like this in our history, or anything that uh, that we can look back to?" And and I started thinking about it, and I, I remembered a, a nineteen eighteen. So I went back and did some research to the influenza pandemic of nineteen eighteen. Really, when you look back at it, there's a lot of striking similarities to that, to what we're going through right now. Now, hopefully, what we are facing will not be as catastrophic as the influenza pandemic. 14,000 people lost their lives in South Carolina, but a lot of the effects of it um, are similar. For example, um, Spartanburg, South Carolina, shut down all of its public meetings and didn't allow any public meetings um, after a certain number of days that the uh, flu showed up there. And then Charleston did not allow any assemblies greater than five. So already we've heard that this week of no assemblies greater than 10, and churches are trying to figure it out. So, so all across our state, um, we, we saw in 1918 the, sim- the very similar things, same, same things we're seeing now. So it's interesting to look and see how churches reacted. Uh, because that that becomes helpful for us. So we've seen it. Now, of course, the population of the world in 1918 was a lot less than it is now. So we have even greater opportunity for catastrophe, if you will. But we can learn a lot of lessons um, from our churches. Uh, a couple of the lessons that I've been thinking about and just kind of reading is our churches had to shut down for several weeks and weren't allowed to meet. We are... Uh, if there's anything unprecedented is going through this crisis with the opportunities we have through social media now and the opportunities we have for video that we've already taken, taken advantage of here and are even doing right now, being able to, to do ministry to our people without being present with them. And, and for them in 1918, they weren't allowed to do that. And it really was a struggle. One pastor said, we are disordered and confused. We have no idea what to do, but, but when you look at it, Actually, some, some great things came out of that. Um, Baptists in South Carolina made it very clear that they would not meet because the government asked them not to meet. They saw it as their duty to to stamp out what they called this evil um, of a virus. Uh, the South Carolina Baptist Convention was supposed to hold their annual meeting in Darlington, which had a large outbreak in November, October, November, and that meeting was postponed and moved away from Darlington. So they they uh, adhered to the state board of health in every way. Um, not only that, uh, we can see that that uh, they saw an opportunity to serve. The South Carolina Baptist Hospital became one of the ground zero for for helping patients um, in Columbia and and was overrun, but the doctors there, some of the eyewitness reports from the doctors were that they were working 20 to 22 hours a day trying to help people through this. And, and really in, in such a sad way, they were moving from room to room, um, and, and trying to be with each patient, but, but death was going faster than they could get there. Uh, but the, it was great service there through some of our, our leadership and in, in our Baptist hospital. Also, uh, we have a report from one pastor and I think it was in Allendale and he sent back a a message saying it has been with great struggle that we haven't been able to meet for five weeks uh, but um, the Lord has been gracious and all of our bills are paid. Mm -hmm. And so even as we consider that, you know, as a church and and receiving tithes and offerings through the offering plate, you know, even then it was a, a big deal as well. And so God's people responded. In 1918, through that pandemic, and really 1918 also had uh, World War I, in, uh, that, that the U.S. got involved in World War I. But through that pandemic, almost 50 million people died around the world. Again, I said 14,000 died in South Carolina. Uh, one quarter of the world's population was infected with this uh, influenza. At the same time, that year alone, South Carolina Baptists gave more money to state, the State Mission Board, which is their Baptist cooperative efforts, gave more money to the State Mission Board than any other recorded year. Uh, so even in the midst of that crisis, South Carolina Baptists stepped up. So we can learn a lot, I think, from that time. We can learn that they, they were faithful to the government and whatever the government asked. They didn't meet when the government asked them not to meet. They were trying to do their part to end the pandemic and end the death, as they called it. They um, were faithful to serve in any way they could step up and serve, and they were faithful to give and live generously, recognizing that the work of ministry
0: hasn't stopped. It's actually going on. I think one of the things that you said, I like the idea of we do live in an unprecedented time in the sense that we are able to connect so easily without being together. And I think that even just in the last week or so, watching churches kind of take steps to go, how do we do ministry virtually? Uh, in a way that, uh, you're right, 100 years ago when the church faced a very similar issue, they would not have been able to do. Um, but the Lord in His grace and His common grace to us has allowed us to live in an age where we are able to be uh, present together virtually, even if we're not present together physically. And, and just to kind of go back to one of the things that you said, again, I think everybody's responding to this pandemic a little differently Um it seems to be now where where we sit today that most people are beginning to take it seriously. However, churches have been required to make some difficult decisions in light of this, um, uh, particularly the decision to say, we're going to close our doors for a couple weeks and not allow public gatherings. One of the things that I've seen here is kind of a pitting fear and faith. Uh, some people would look at churches that are closing their doors and saying, is this a move out of fear? Don't, don't we, shouldn't we trust the Lord here and, and not be uh, fearful of what this could be to, to, to shutter the gatherings for a couple weeks? Um, but I think in your and I's conversation, what we actually see is that churches that are doing this are actually moving in a, in a faithful way. Uh, and so, so how can we kind of answer that question of fear versus faith? And how are churches being faithful in taking some of the actions that they're taking?
1: Yeah, and I think this is important. And, and all of this goes back to definitions for us. So often we get very lazy in our language, and it's fine because we understand it in context. But but we say we're going to church, and we think of it as a physical place. And what this is causing us to do, and we've seen this all over social media and everything else, is is the church is not a building. And the church is not located in just a single place. While we at Lake Murray Baptist Church is a local expression of that universal church, we exist as a people. And so, uh, just as we saw in 1918, churches weren't able to meet for for up to two months without any real connection. At the same time, the church survived, and and and, and not only did it survive, we saw it give and and grow in unprecedented ways. Um, Especially as it moved from that time into the nineteen twenties, and so for us, we need to to learn those, make make sure we're clear on those definitions. That that the church is the body of Christ, and so we've been called to be the church wherever we are. Now, that does not mean we live in fear, and I I think that that's been clear. You know, uh, what does Paul tell Timothy? God didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and self-control. <laughs> and all three of those things are perfect for us to think about when we enter into this kind of... Uh, kind of quirky or crazy time for us that are waters that we haven't navigated before. We, we should not be fearful of what is coming, for we know every day is in the Lord's hands. And, and God has given us a a spirit of, of uh, self control on these things, not to, not to lose our minds with the chaos that is around us, but to, to understand some basic truths that, that Nothing has changed that God is still on the throne, that Jesus Christ still rules and he reigns. And so as his people, um, we should be as calm as our leader is. And, and so we, we, we see that. So we have to steer away from fear. At the same time, um, and I, like you said, I think most people are taking it seriously, especially at the beginning. We saw a lot of people just claiming fake news, you know. So there's this thing of fear and fake news, and, and, and we know this isn't fake. This is real. I mean, we've seen this in our own community, and uh, we've seen the effects of it in other nations, and and we're on pace with them, you know. So So we want to recognize that we as Christians live between that fear and fake news. And I kind of like to say, and I think we talked about this, I like to say that's where we come to love of neighbor, you know. Um, and so how can we do our part? We should always be doing our part to stamp out evil. And, and I use that, uh, I use that phrase specifically because in 1918, uh, the editor of the Baptist Courier said the very same thing. He said, we as Baptists must do all we can to stamp out this evil. When he was speaking of that influenza pandemic. And I think that's exactly what we should be doing. And one of the things that we can do, as we've seen the reports and everything else, is we can put some things on pause that do not change who we are as a church, They do not change what we can do as the body of Christ, but we can put some things on pause to say, for right now, we want to do our part to faithfully stamp out this that is that is evil, because we hate death, and we don't want that to come to anybody, and we want to we wanna, um, show that we love life, and we want to we want to um, bring for the good of our neighbor out here. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find ways as a church to to show that love of neighbor, um, if you will. And again, one of the reasons I think we shouldn't meet. And I, I jokingly said this to you. It's like uh, it's like the modern day snake handling. You know, you go to a, right. you, I, I, I I've never been to a snake handling church. I've only seen it on TV, but. But, you know, they say pick this up, and and do you have faith to pick this up? Well, as we gather together and this virus is going around, in some ways, you know, we're testing people's faith in a way that I don't think we should. Um, I don't think it's a question of of faith of whether or not you come to a large event. I think it's a question of wisdom. And so I want us to be wise, and I want us to love our neighbor well, and I want us as the church to be the church and, and uh, think of ways we can do that.
0: I think one of the most helpful things for me, and, and you just touched on it, one of the most helpful things for me in this entire situation is thinking about it or framing the question around the idea of love of neighbor. How do we love our neighbor well? How do we serve those who may be most vulnerable uh, at this time? Uh, and just because it may not affect me personally, um, that doesn't mean that, that it's not a, a big deal, right? It just that it means ultimately that I have an opportunity now to Love my neighbor well, and so I think as we close here, help us kind of frame this practically. As as pastors, uh, you know, we 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 lead in in the same congregation. A lot of our people are listening to this podcast. How can Christians? How how can people pray and serve one another during these next few weeks?
1: I was thinking about this biblically, um, and we have example there. You know, we have the the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, we have Jesus at the final judgment, and he's given his list, and he says, uh, "He says, when I was sick, you visited me," and so I think that suggests a lot to us: is that for us, we need to find ways to care for one another, um, and 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 just like uh, we've seen throughout church history, when major catastrophes and big deals happen, it causes people to think in different ways. And and we, we grow in that way. And so now this is causing us to think, how can I serve and love my neighbor in a way that's different than I was even thinking about two weeks ago? How can I serve and care for them when God has shown us that a good neighbor crosses the road and cares for that one. You know what I'm saying? Or or when we're sick we visit. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think we should walk up into, you know, a a coronavirus invested house and do something. But goes back to wisdom. That's right. It goes back to wisdom. But I do think I do think that that we can find ways to reach out in our media world and just the invention of the telephone allows us to have personal contact with someone who is our neighbor without having physical contact. And, and, and so we have so many opportunities now, I think, to reach out to neighbors. We should call on those around us. We should call our loved ones, our older people in our church and see how they were doing. We should check in on our neighbors. Some people we probably have never met, but now we're in this interesting time that we can reach out to them. And so while uh, you know my hesitancy, and, and, and we can always think of, and our, our church has done a great job of of putting out there, here's some practical things you can do, but I just want our people. I'd love for our people to think what is what is something that we can do that we can love on our neighbors. Well, we heard someone um, today. We were just talking to someone in our church who was who was sick, and we we were offering to bring them something, and they said already people from their church uh, from our church have already dropped stuff off at their doorstep, you know, and so um, that's the good stuff we want to hear is how can we think outside of that box and try to love our neighbor well, cross that street, if you will, like the Good Samaritan, and love our neighbor well, knowing that one of the things the Lord is going to say when he says, well done, good and faithful servant, is when I was sick, you visited me. And so how can we do that and do that well? Um, In any way that it is happening, we'd love to hear from our people on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that too, you know, that's such a good way for us to begin to think about these times that we're living in is how do we love our neighbor well and and then what specific ways can we do that and one of the ways that i think we love our neighbor well is some of the things we've already heard you know stay home when you're sick mm-hmm. wa- right. <laughs> wash your hands try to do your best to you know uh, add a little bit of distance in between yourself when you're out in public That's right. even those little things they they seem really simple but they are a way for us to say hey we care about our neighbor. We we don't want to see people get sick. We don't want to see this trans the transmission of this virus continue in the in the way that it's been doing. And so I think it is important for people to to think about others, to consider others more significant than themselves mm-hmm. in this situation. Um, and that's that's the way I look at us not being
1: able to meet together as the body of Christ. Um, it's a way for us to love each other well. I'm, I'm thinking of Paul with the Thessalonians, and he says. Uh, how he was torn away from them because of persecution of things, how he was torn away from them, only with them for a short time, but he longs to see them face to face. I think during this time, it should be right that that this this is hard because we want to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, We want to gather together, and that is right. And I cannot wait for that time when we are able to get back together. At the same time, this is loving each other well. Um, stamping out what is evil, as our Baptist said before us. And so we want to consider it that way.
0: I think that's so good and such a good place for us to finish this first episode. Josh, thanks so much for being with us. Absolutely. And a special thank you to you, the members of Lake Murray Baptist Church and to all of our listeners. Remember, this podcast and the other ministries of Lake Murray Baptist Church are brought to you by the generous tithes and offerings of our church membership. To give to the ministries of Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can follow the link in the description. For more information about Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can always visit our church website, www.lakemurraybc.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. By subscribing, you'll be notified whenever a new pod is posted. We hope that you'll join us again next time as we seek to live in light of the gospel in the places where God has placed us for his glory, our joy, and others good.